Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, if you have a game, and it is good, then give it time and it will thrive. And you will be rewarded. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's... Time for one thing, it's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite, I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals, Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Welcome to episode number 425 of The Best Linux Games Podcast! And our special edition, our Game of the Year Awards for 2022. This is being recorded for you on Saturday, December 17th, 2022, at 23,700 hours. Uh... Yeah, we have a much more sober game of the year edition. I don't know why I keep saying edition. Ivor, why do I keep saying edition? Oh. Oh, you're saying I wrote that on the rundown? Yeah, okay, you're fired, Ivor. Should all the queens be forgot? Get the fuck out of here, shitbird. But Ivor's holding up the whiskey sign. That Oh, by the way, that would, of course, make it for our sequel friends. 2022, 12, 17, 23, 800 hours. Uh, let's pour some of that whiskey. Good idea, Ivor. That's right, motherfuckers. It is time for our Game of the Year awards. So... There. Good. 
Ah, yes. So let's get straight to our top stories because we have miles to go before we reach the end of... This is actually... This has been one of the more fun lists out of... Like, we're heading into uh, our ninth year or tenth year. Something like that. Out of all the previous one... um, Out of all the previous years since we've been doing the show, this list was one of the more entertaining and easier to assemble, but then harder to tweak and refine kind of years. We had no shortage of great candidates. That's, you know, uh, goes without saying. But anyway, straight to our top stories. First of all, I'm still off my meds, and I'm fucking losing my mind. And uh, also, uh, Marauders is still fucking borked. Um... And also, for our Jewish friends, or for um, people who are want to be friends of Jews, uh, which you know, I am, I am both. I am my own Jewish friend, and I want to be friends of Jews. <laughs> I don't know what that even fucking means, but anyway, I am Havlavian, Havlavian Jew, half Irish Catholic, uh, raised in both traditions, believer in none, and. To in about 45 minutes, it will be the start of Hanukkah. So, which came late this year, which is what she said. Um, yeah, and we will have an episode, by the way. Okay, so that, that leads us up to uh, our other piece of, uh, what do you call it? Um, housekeeping. Next week will be our Christmas episode, which will be on yeah, yeah. Next week will be our Christmas episode, and then for once in our this our bleak and dark existences. Oh no, I will not get to escape. We have oh no, we have two more shows this month, but that's okay. We'll do our stats early. We'll do our stats over New Year's Eve, maybe, or we'll talk about a bunch of games that came out this week, including X Plane Twelve. I just, it came out just now. I just, I'm just downloading it now, so I have not even fucking set up my yoke or anything. Um, also, High on Life came out this week, and I've been playing it a little bit. But that's all for some other time, because tonight, tonight, oh, we'll get the case, Gregor. Tonight, it's our Game of the Year Awards, and I promise less drunk than last year. L- last year, I was in a dark place, and I apologize. I went back and listened to last year's episode, and I fell asleep listening to it two times. And I was sitting upright, like fucking face-planted on the keyboard almost twice. It was so boozy and ranty and drunk. It was very bad. But I wanted to remember the format from last year, because I thought it was a good format. So, let's get straight to it. Ivor. Oh, we don't have a bumper? No bumper? Give him the features! Fine, we'll call it a feature. We don't have a bumper for this? Ivor, you're fired! Hey, not face! Stop! Who do you think? Oh, my God. It's Melivian's Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. Alright, so, as previously intimated, uh, 
It is our Game of the Year Awards 2022. Best Linux Games Podcast Game of the Year Awards 2022. Our format is the following this year. We keep changing it, but this is the same format as last year. I've chosen out of all the games, we'll talk more about that in a couple of episodes or whatever when we do our stats for the year sometime around New Year's. But I, out of all the games that we played this year, I've chosen the five best games that made their debut on Linux via Steam this year that were played by me. And out of these five selections, only one five men enter one man leaves listen on and listen on by the dust of them all Bartertown has learned Bestonix podcast has learned listen on everyone busted up about hard rain five games enter one game leaves and I've got five games five games with that gut full of fear man my impression of that guy is really good it'll never be that good again but I'm glad that got recorded hopefully it won't get lost so only one of these five games these five selections will be crowned game of the year best Friends games podcast game of the year then it'll be followed by several honorable mentions and like just as every year this is a difficult task you know I mean like if you make the honorable mentions like holy shit I play a lot of fucking games every year I know video games motherfucker I know words I have the best words I know games my friends here, friends, let me tell you what I mean. Um, so, to make the honorable mentions in of itself is, uh, you know, it's as good as being, you know, one of the five games that makes the, the competition. So, without further ado, let us begin! We will start with the Steam Awards Game of the Year, Elden Ring. Now, Elden Ring made our list because it's, you know, one of From's, From Software's best games. I personally prefer Sekiro. Um, but they broke their own format in terms of, yeah, sure, it's fucking difficult as shit, but it is an open-world sandbox uh, role-playing game with multiplayer integrated directly into it, which, you know, uh, I don't know how well that Anyway, I'm I'm not a huge fan of Elden Ring, but it's, you know, I've played it, I've played it a little bit. I played it like for like six hours or whatever. It's from software bringing you their version of Red Dead Redemption 2, or Red Dead Redemption. Um, it's, it's the whole world like brims with detail, and there's all of these inscrutable. Uh, challenges. It's very difficult, but it it uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not as punishingly difficult as Sekiro. At least after you get your feet underneath you and you figure out how stealth works and stuff. Um, I haven't really played it with other people so much, but uh, you know, it has to be on this list 
and especially after and I thought I thought it justifiably won the Steam Awards uh Game of the Year award. But between, you know, the open world exploration, it's got rad samurai, ninja, magic. It's got demons, both like you know, it's it's it's, it's a magical poem of a of a of a weird samurai pseudo samurai, uh pseudo feudal Japan alternate you know, entire universe, not counterfactual, just like but filled with magic and wonder and stealth and death and death and death and death and death and the RPG elements are so strong and so steady and so slim down in this game. Like I mean they really took a razor to their own formula. Um so it's it's you know way less confusing. Uh it's got you know Samurai, magic, demons, you have ghost horses, you have probably my favorite character in the game is like your magical horse, etc. All this shit. And of course, it won the Game of the Year award at the Steam Awards this year. So that is our first contestant, Elden Ring. Our second contestant, this game redefined what games are available on Steam almost the week that it was released on Steam. I am talking about Vampire Survivors, which I am... This is just the game, but I'm... uh, One of the reasons why this game had to be nominated, had to be be in our top five, is that Vampire Survivors... I don't know if there's... If Vampire Survivors copied its its survivor-ness uh... Or if it invented it out of whole cloth. But Vampire Survivors was the first game that I've ever played with the Survivor's model. What is the Survivor's model, you might ask? Well, it is one that is both beneficial to players and to developers. It's be- first, we'll talk about why it's beneficial to developers. One, it's such an interesting challenge. Not only can you not jump, not only can you not shoot, really. You know, you can't, like independently control, you know, of course, you know, 20 minutes till dawn lets you actually aim and shoot independently, but that's why we're not talking about 20 minutes till dawn, we're talking about vampire survivors. You don't control what what you shoot and when you shoot it, all of your weapons are fired, some of them auto-target, some of them don't, some of them have area of effect, some of them don't, some of them have piercing, some of them don't, um, they, but they, they, they auto-fire on a cooldown continuously, and your job is simply to run around enormous hordes of, I mean, enormous hordes of pixelated enemies as you just destroy them magically as all these cooldowns cycle through, you know, your cooldowns, and you up, you upgrade yourself via levels and by getting chests. And the chests can give you new weapons or help you to upgrade your existing weapons. And the goal is very simple. Ultimately, it come, all comes down to the very last second because each run is timed. It's in one one map that is very simple. Uh, although they've expanded this to have more um, crazy, more specialized maps than were originally at launch. But the goal is very simple, to simply survive the last few seconds before, bam, you win the game and death comes for you and kills you, um, which happens at the end of every 
run if you make it all the way till time expires, even in hyper mode. Um, this makes it like this totally redefined the genre, and Vampire Survivors itself launched at the same price that it's still selling at, and they just launched a DLC, which is $2 in of itself, um, which is fucking unbelievably cheap, because, like, this game took 2022 by storm! Vampire Survivors exploded, and literally within a month, there were fucking five different Survivor, Vampire Survivor clones that began cropping up like weeds, including, uh, Brotato, which we reviewed last week, uh, 20 Minutes Till Dawn, tons, tons and tons of others, all because of this fucking fundamentally enchanting mechanic for us stone people and even for sober people, where you just control your movement and try to get out of the way of the enemies, try to lure them into traps, try to equip yourself best as, as best you can for the boss fights that happen uh, at certain intervals and make it through those last final seconds um, this has been like the year of survivors games and it has been exclusively because of vampire survivors which is still $4.99 and they have had so many people fucking get this game, it's a magnificent success story, the name of uh, Ponkel is the name of the developers um, and I think it was like a, a one or two man, or like I think they were uh oh shit, I'm getting this confused with um with a couple of, <laughs> anyway, but this game was developed by, I think it, I'm not sure Ivor Your Fire, this should be in the rundown but I don't have it in front of me Vampire Survivors was developed by a bunch of students, I think, at a uh, a Games Jam thing, Pixel Jam thing. Not a Pixel, not not the actual Pixel Jam, but like a yeah. And so far, the reviews have been overwhelmingly positive. This game came out of nowhere. It was released on October twentieth, twenty twenty two. All reviews overwhelmingly positive. One hundred sixty thousand nine hundred sixteen. That is triple A level. PlayStation 5 or 4 or whatever the fuck caliber number of reviews recent reviews 33,535 overwhelmingly positive all of them overwhelmingly positive and I am among those who count Vampire Survivors as an overwhelmingly positive game and there have been many and it sucks that you know we can't I, I just didn't want to nominate Brotato uh, after reviewing it last week even though I think that that might be the better game, it's not Vampire Survivors, and trust me you get between me and my Vammy Survivors we got a problem, so that's our second entry, Vampire Survivors number three one of my absolute favorite games of this year came out on uh, Ivo You're Fire where the fuck is the date for game is Nightmare Reaper, came out uh early April 2022 Nightmare Reaper what what pray tell if you've never heard of Nightmare Reaper which is still technically in early access but fuck it the developer himself said I've been working on this game for you know I think it was like five years at the time and he pushed it out and he pushed out a couple of updates since then, but he's like, I need to take a fucking break because I have a baby now and I have to... What makes Nightmare Reaper so special? 
One, it's a procedurally generated, you know, old school, that's not right, you know, old school graphics, but, you know, so sprite-based, first-person shooter graphics, a la Doom style, you know, like where you have two-dimensional sprites in a three pseudo-three-dimensional first-person shooter world. So, like, if you look at them, but in this game, you can look at them from the side and they go invisible. It's great. And also, like, they, they love to play around with, like, you know, making them fall f- flat on their back like cardboard cutouts. Or they could explode into hellacious pixel trash viscera and blood and gore and slime and ichor. Um, while they try to waste you, zombies, skeletons, demons, all the worst things from all your worst nightmares in, you know, Doom-style pixel trash uh, first-person shooter mode. But this game weaves together two distinct, actually multiple major game worlds. There are three basic game worlds in this game. The first is you as you are in your in the insane asylum, in your tiny little cell, covered in cryptic and ever-changing diagrams and arcanum and fucking uh, scribbled notes you can't read, along with a pile of your most recent uh, observational reports from the people who are in charge of taking care of you. And it starts off in that room. And at first you're like, what the fuck is this shit? This is bizarre. And it looks just like the first person shooter world, too. But then you click on the bed and you go to sleep. And that is where you as this young girl in an insane asylum, listening to the tortured fucking it's like a real horror game in that sense and it get, there's some spooky spooky shit that happens and you know me if you've been listening to the show I hate scary games there's some moments in this game when I did my first run through it which took like fucking 40 hours where I got you know I got really scared but I'm 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 a pussy I'm a, I literally I'm the biggest pussy on the face of the planet so there's the world of the asylum, which originally consists of just your cell, but then, you know, the worlds collide. But when you go to sleep, the worlds from your video game handheld machine from 1997 and 1998 uh, merge with your subconscious mind and you become the Nightmare Reaper. And that's the procedurally generated, uh, you know, levels based. It's got one of the best procedurally procedural gener- procedurally generated algorithms for three-dimensional um map generation that I've ever seen it's it really took it, it's really a synthesis of everything that we know about how to really do great procedural generated maps uh it's up there with void bastards in fact it's better than void bastards and i love void bastards um okay so then there's this third game world which can exist even when you're sleeping which is so great and it brings back so much nostalgia you can pull out your handheld in your dream that's what she said. That's why I went to prison for it. I'm kidding. <laughs> Pulling out your hand out in your dream. Anyway, moving on. I wasn't even awake and she said she was 16. Um, in Nevada, 16 is the age of consent. Which makes it, I know, it's fucked up, right? Like, that's crazy. But anyway, 
you're in this dream world battling all these fucking, you know, pixel trash skeletons and ar- undead army dudes and floating flying uh, winged demons who spit poison and and giant bosses and mannequins come to life that that you know move inconsistently and, and you end up playing this giant explodey chessboard looter shooter and eventually you'll get a game cartridge once you have a game cartridge, that game is added to your game collection forever. This is the RPG element of uh, Nightmare Reaper. Is that you don't have to be sleeping. You can play these games whenever you want. There are three uh, three or four different um, arcade games like from the portable handheld era, so they're not arcade, but they're like, you know, Game Gear, uh, Game Boy, style games, all in full color, all with their own play mechanics, all different genres. Um, None of them particularly fantastic games, but each, they all have different structures, and each game gives you more uh, each game requires a certain type of enough of a certain type of currency that's gained in a certain type of way, each of which is unique to all each individual game to actually play like the next level or to, you know, advance further. Like there's one that's a space shooter, there's one that's a side-scrolling platformer like Mario, Super Mario World actually. Um, and then there's one that's like a Pokemon uh, monster breeder game. And each one of these games offers you a, a different concentration in terms of what to upgrade and you take these upgrades from each individual game into your dream world and those powers augment you, they're like permanent role playing game upgrades and they can range from all sorts of shit, then there are the weapons, you can only leave the level with one weapon and it has to be tied to your current rank so for the first like 10 hours it's like you can only leave with one tier 1 weapon but during the actual level when you're asleep when you're actually fighting in the first person shooter pixel trash procedurally generated dungeon worlds which are great and extremely well tuned and filled with so much madness and difficulty this game is pretty fucking hard, but once you sink your teeth into it, it will sink its teeth into you. It combines all the enchantment of that sense that when we were kids, if you're like old as fuck like I am, when you would play a video game like on like your Game Boy or Game Gear or Lynx, I had all of those. I Eventually I had a TurboGrafx-16 uh, the handheld, which just chewed up batteries. Um, I'm sure I'm missing one there, but anyway, uh, you would imagine, you know, like on road trips and stuff, you would imagine if you could take, you know, the wall climbing and double jumping of Ninja Gaiden into, you know, Todd's Adventures in Slime World or whatever, or, you know, Sonic 2 and the Hang Glider. Anyway, You'd imagine if you could take them into other games. In this game, you can. And it's so awesome. And the carnage is great. The difficulty uh, is extreme. The secrets are wonderful. The Easter eggs are hilarious. The game is both taut, terse, and scary and great. And that's why it is, you know, yeah. You need, what, what did I write down here in the notes? 
Um, unique gameplay melds retro, uh, retro something, hardcore violence, psychodrama into an endlessly replayable first-person shooter role-playing game. That is Nightmare Reaper. Uh, next, so that's our third entry. Then we have God of War! God of War made its debut on Linux this year. Um, that would have been in... right after the new year, I want to say. Um, I wore your fire. Oh, here it is. Here's the other paper. Uh, where's God of War? January 14th, God of War migrated from the PlayStation to your Linux box. Thank you, Steam. Um, this God of War is not a reboot. It's actually a continuation. It's just no longer... You're now in Norse mythology. And you are an interloper. And things get really intense very quickly. I'll only say, I'll, I'll just go straight by the notes because we're running out of time. But the ancients return in God of War in a jaw dropping, in jaw dropping set pieces that are both puzzle as well as, I mean, they're so gorgeous, but they're so complex and they're so compelling. And every aspect of the narrative of the game is woven into every second of the game. Very similar in certain respects to Days Gone, last year's Game of the Year. In which, like, you know, your relationship to your character is like a dual, it's like a twofold thing because your relation, I mean, you the player's relationship to your character is really manipulated brilliantly into excellent effect by interstitial interactions and it's it seems so natural it's not like you know these weird prompts or anything um as you interact with other characters in the game especially one character who is your son who you have to take care of throughout the entire game and who offers you magnificent combat abilities and strategies and alternate upgrade paths and stuff, etc. So, the jaw-dropping set pieces happen in line with just this wonderful narrative. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing story. And it's an amazing action game, but it's really an amazing story. Um, set against this massive op- you know, open world backdrop, pseudo open world backdrop. It's more linear than any of the other games. That you know, it's more linear than Elden Ring. It's more linear than Red Dead Redemption. Uh, it's not like you know, go wherever the fuck you want. But eventually, it kind of is go wherever the fuck you want, and. Uh, you discover, you learn all sorts of shit about uh, ancient Norse mythology and about who you are and about what it means to be what it means to be and what it means to be a god. And so it's tied together with, you know, that, that whole strong story uh, 
element, you know, like this father-son thing that will just reduce you to tears constantly. I have no kids, at least none that can spell DNA or finger me as their father. That sounded really dirty. Finger me as your father. That's what she said. Oh my god! Oh my god, we've gone off the rails. I promised you that we would not be this drunk. Now, um... It is such a moving game. And the action... The action and the bosses will fucking remind you. It will remind any player who has been like, oh, God of War, whatever. No. It will remind you, you are the God of War. So that's... Here we go. That's, That's number four. And our final entrant into this Coliseum of Death is Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered, which is, and here, here's my, here are my notes on this, and then we'll, 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 we'll find out who the winner is by rolling this here die. It's a big die. I've made a lot of these. I've been making dice lately. Because I've been going slowly insane off my medication. So, our fifth entrant is Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered. Which is an older code, so I was just about to clear them. So is God of War. But they made their debuts on Linux this year. Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered. It's almost as good as Spider-Man 2. It's actually functionally probably better than Spider-Man 2. It's a little terser than Spider-Man 2. So, like, what makes this game so great? Well, you use stealth. You even use deception. You use brutal combat. Alongside a huge arsenal of badass tech upgrades. I mean, really cool upgrades. Like, upgrades and perks that can work together along with suit upgrades. You know, entire suits that have their own shit. Their own, their own like, bonus. Um, so, it's got, like, all this action. It's got a bit brutal combat. Huge arsenal of badass tech upgrades. And you're trying to save the world both from fascism, from a pseudo-fascistic corporate monopoly or whatever, which is actually trying... Well, I'm not going to say too much about the story, but the other thing is there's a virus that could kill everyone. It's the entire fate of the world. You're trying to save humanity and the world as little Peter Parker in big bad New York City and so you have all these badass tech upgrades and stuff and you're a nerd it's great it's so great because there's all these little mini games and stuff but those aren't what really makes it shine it's it's really this this pure combination of open ended once again this is literally free roaming fucking story like totally like Red Dead Redemption but in New York as Spider-Man um which is called Marvel's New York City. It's not the real New York. I, I hate that. So, uh, you can upgrade your skills, your suits, your gadgets, uh, and the open world is so enjoyable. It's just like Spider-Man 2, which is like one of the best games ever made. Um, the open world, the velocity that you can hurl yourself through the world with uh, as you, you know, web-sling from building to building, you know, 50 stories, 80 stories up, and then just dive straight at street level, and then at the last minute, bam, use that inertia, you know, fling another web, fling another, um, another swing web, and 
bam, you are off like a rocket. If you want to cover distance, you want to cover, you know, like uh, lateral distance, like, you know, Earth terrestrial distance, like, you know, from point A to point B, like, as the crow, as, like, the, the cab, the cab, the taxi cab flies. Um, that's how you get speed. And it's so great. And it, the, the, the sensation of, of being Spider-Man is so incredible. But all these gadgets and shit make it so good. Um, and the, the sense of speed is just... And the sense of freedom. And really, this game plays up the stealth aspect more than any of the other... More than Spider-Man 2 did, which is great. It makes the game way more compelling. It's an open challenge-based, mission-based kind of world where you can pick whatever the fuck you want to do. And there's tons of collectibles. I would say just enough collectibles. The game is a little... Well, it's significantly shorter than Spider-Man 2, which, like, theoretically I played, like, fucking 300 hours of, but that was, you know, 20 years ago. All of this is tied together with a completely original story that brings, like, shading and depth and, uh, exposes, like, the fissures of and the strengths of characters that you've known for a long time but maybe have not considered in this particular way it is just such a compelling game so that's our fifth entrant five games enter to recap number one Elden Ring number two Vampire Survivors number three Nightmare Reaper number four God of War number five Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered hand me the envelope Ivor Oh, God, Jesus Christ. It's got your fucking zombie icker all over it. You, you know, you got, you just got it. God damn, you smell. You're right. More whiskey. He's back in there scribbling on his sign. He's more whiskey. So, Best Links Games Podcast, Game of the Year for 2022. The highest award we can honor any game with is I have the envelope here oh it is sticky best links games podcast 2022 game of the year goes to Nightmare Reaper now (laughs) yes yes God of War was right there the whole fucking way. Right there. But Nightmare Reaper is our game of the year. Why? I can't really tell you a lot about the story, but the fact that it has endless replayability and the fact that God of War Ragnarok is not available on Steam, yes, that does count in my mind. It does make me punish. Yes, I will punish you. Um... And the fact that you made us wait four years for a game from 2018. Fuck you. That's God of War. Which, by the way, you need to go by right now and play until you die. We'll talk about that in a few moments. But first, let me extol the uh, glorious awesomeness. Nightmare Reaper will not make you cry like God of War. Not Nightmare Reaper does not have any voice acting like God of War. Nightmare Reaper, however, has infinite replayability. 
God of War has a lot of replayability, but nothing like Nightmare Reaper. The sheer amount of weapon combinations and the later game, um, end of game style stuff that you can unlock, none of which I'm going to actually tell you about. Um, but well, I'll I'll tell you a couple of things. Like eventually, like, you can unlock double jumps, you can unlock triple jumps, you can unlock grappling hooks, you can unlock all sorts of shit. You can unlock the ability to retain weapons, upgrade different types of weapons, um, and you will experience just a humongous variety of procedurally generated thrills, chills, traps, death, 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 all in this amazing dreamlike um, nightmare of it, you know, procedurally generated, it's, anyone who's done dream study, like at, like, the university level or whatever, um, instantly recognizes, like, all of the greatness of Nightmare Reaper in terms of the way it tells you this story without ever uttering a word apart from the, after every time you successfully manage to navigate a nightmare, you get a new report from your therapist who you never see. (laughs) And he does read his stuff out loud. It is a magnificent game. It's an independently developed game. It has been developed by one man for a lot of years. I know it's still in early access, but guess what? Early, Still being in early access trumps a game that's four years old and only just this year came to Linux. So our game, Best Links Games Podcast 2022's Game of the Year is Nightmare Reaper. Congratulations. One of the finest games I've ever played. Now, for our honorable mentions and some notes. First of all, before we get to the honorable mentions, I should mention that God of War, now through December 22nd, so that gives you five days, uh, well, four days as of right now, God of War is 40% off at $29.99. You, if you've not played that game, you must buy this game. If you're unfamiliar with any of the other games in the franchise, it does not matter. It doesn't matter. If you are familiar with the other games in the franchise, I only ever got to play the first God of War, which I reviewed for the paper in... God, it was like 20 years ago. That game was a landmark game. God of War, this new one that came out in 2018, but is new to Linux for this year, is magnificent, and at $29.99, if your machine can run it, you better go get it now. December 22nd. Blah. Also, Marvel's Spider-Man Remaster is 25% off right now. $44.99 through December 22nd as well. Um, now, let's get to our honorable mentions. Some of these honorable mentions made the honorable mentions list because and not the main list may, do mainly to like their success or prolific notoriety at the Steam Awards and also because I thought that the other five games were superior in one way or another in terms of either being landmark titles or a game that really defined for me what 2022 was about in terms of gaming on Linux. That in no way diminishes the awesomeness of the following few honorable mentions. Stray S-T-R-A-Y where you play as a cat in a magical love song to like 
to artificial intelligence and to humanity's hubris and to cats and biological cleverness and really does does a does a magnificent uh, what do you call it? An end run over what we could, what we imagine could be done with the medium of the video game in terms of a point and click RPG style, like, you know, Day of the Tentacle style game, but imbues it with action and science fiction and amazing characters, amazing character design, um, beautiful graphics. Stray is one of my favorite games of this year. Unfortunately, it was just not our game of the year. It did w- it did win best indie game uh, at the Steam Game Awards, which it absolutely I think deserved if you want to split the difference. But we're not we're not here to talk about award show bullshit. We did that last week. Up next in our honorable mentions for 2022. Ride 4. Ride 4 came out for whatever platform it originally came out numerous years ago. It came out for Linux this year. And I've never played a more photo re- uh, you know, we used to talk about during the Gran Turismo 1 era we used to talk about photorealism in video games, and then, you know, all throughout the first person shooter era as, you know, the technology and the CPU cycles and the, the and we went to AGP, Advanced Graphics Processor then we got, you know, now we have you know, these massive GPUs that have fans and shit you know, we have games like Dying Light and stuff like that, where it's like true photorealism almost. But I've never seen anything like Ride 4 in my entire life in a racing game, in any form of game. In fact, I've shown video clips that I've taken of Ride 4 to people at the bar, not telling them that it's a video game. And they, I'm like, dude, check out this thing. It's on fucking BuzzFeed right now. You know, whatever. I'm conning them a little bit. Well, conning them a lot. I'm lying to them, actually. I'm like, oh my god, how the fucking... Dude, the guy's going fucking 180 miles an hour. It is amazing. It is a game that you need to behold. Next time it goes on sale, be sure to pick up Right Four. Um, the only reason it didn't make it into our, you know, top five was it's an elder game, so I was just about to cl- clear them. Right Four, right now, by the way, is forty nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Wait for it to go on sale. It's already gone on very steep sales. That's how I got it. I got it and all of the bikes as the DLCs for under I think 30 bucks, that game is amazing and it's one of the most beautiful games I've ever played in my entire life I've never seen a game that looks more like is more realistic visually than Ride 4 I don't think I, for reals, it's not the most beautiful game in the world but it, it's it's up there. It's not my favorite racing game even but it's, oh and if you like motorcycles if you like racing motorcycles, like we're talking about like, you know, rice rockets, you know, not to be racist, but that's what we used to call them, at least out here in Vegas. Um, because we have a huge Chinatown, and anyway, screaming crotch rockets, there you go, that's a, I, I, my apologies to anyone who might be offended by that, but that's what we used to call them. Anyway, I'm getting old, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. But, uh, if you like racing bikes like motor you know not we're not talking about dirt bikes we're not talking about you know we're talking about street racing bikes or circuit racing bikes oh my god 
that is your jam. Ride four. Then we have one more honorable mention for 2022, and then we're getting the fuck out of here. God damn it, Ivor. It looks like we're going to close out just in time. Just in time. Number four, in my, or number three in our honorable mentions is Roller Drome. It'll pick you up. It won't take you home. Roller Drome, the roller disco derby of death, post apocalyptic blood sport of the future, the very near future for America, uh, in which you take, you strap on your. 1970s roller disco style roller skates grab your weapons and head out to trick and murder your way through an endless onslaught of housemen all with various different abilities and capabilities while you trick it someone uh, said that it was Tony Hawk's uh first person shooter it's it's Tony Hawk's pro murderer one of my favorite games, one of the, especially just for the visual style and the soundtrack, because it's got this hardcore minor synth minimalist um, 1984, 85, Wendy Carlos, William Carlos, William, you know, uh, Wendy Carlos, William Carlos, whatever you want to call him, uh, him or, or her, I guess, she's still alive. Um, the soundtrack that's just great. The action does get repetitive. The game is extremely difficult at the higher levels. I never beat the game. I did review it, but I never beat the game. Um, but it did give me at least 20 hours of super enjoyable roller skate trick-defying mass carnage as you you know effortlessly you're pulling off all these grabs and stuff and flips while you then bam as you're halfway through your flip you pull out your guns or whatever gun you have that you want to use because the the controls are pretty good pretty damn good and you get three guys in the head and then you land into a rail grind and you're off you go all with this great 1970s 80s you know dystopian post-apocalyptic visual style it's it's beautiful and it's it's one of those games that you know, I highly recommend you pick up when it's on sale. It's called Roller Drome. Roller Drome! $29.99! And that is Best Things Games Podcast Game of the Year Awards episode for 2022. Cheers, have a happy and safe uh, Hanukkah and holiday season, etc. Be careful out there. And, uh, you know, remember... you know, peace on earth, good goodwill towards men and women and everybody. You know, come on, fuckers! Like we, we're all gonna die soon. You know, let's try not to fuck up this this holiday season like we have every other year. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. We'll be back next week, either with our stats or with uh, hot and heavy report reportage <laughs> of high on life more info on Dwarf Fortress other games that have been coming out and also of course X-Plane 12. Cheers, thank you very much what a fun fun game of the year episode and congratulations to Nightmare Reaper I hope this helps 
get more people to play that game because it is fantastic even in early access and also we'll try to remember next year if it leaves early access wait has it left early access Ivor you're fired you're supposed to keep track of this shit Nightmare Reaper Nightmare Reaper Nightmare Reaper Nightmare Reaper Nightmare Reaper oh yeah no it's left early access it's it's full yeah it's our game of the year it is a full fledged game of the year Nightmare Reaper is twenty four dollars and ninety nine cents but there's also a free Nightmare Reaper demo you can download right on their Steam store page check it out I'll catch you next week four or five times a good idea four or five times hi there. There is delight in doing things right four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna cry four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to see. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop 2. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop 3. Yada, yada, yada. Four or five times. Matt Damon. After receiving the host, marauding choir boys, half drunk on the blood of Christ, stalk unwary pensioners, and seek havoc. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. Have we not come some fur piece since then? <laughs> the best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.